Everyone is talking about Jesus Revolution. Witness the untold origin story. Our country is a dark and divided place, but now there's hope and it's spreading. Of the last spiritual awakening in American history. This is your home, and I want you to tell all your friends about it. Jesus Revolution, starring Jonathan Rumi and Kelsey Grammer. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. Jesus Revolution, only in theaters now. Did you know color is vital to your health? I'm not talking about the color of the walls in your house or your car or your clothes. I'm talking about the color of the food you eat. A colorful diet is a part of staying well because many nutrients are color. The antioxidant lycopene is the red pigment in tomatoes and pink grapefruit. Chlorophyll is excellent for balancing pH and cleansing the body. It's the green in kale, spinach, and broccoli. Resveratrol decreases inflammation, and it's the perfect in grapes and berries. Eating a wide variety of fruits and vegetables provides your body with diverse chemistry it needs to heal itself and stay well. Eat the peelings of things like apples and carrots and cucumbers. Balance of Nature is whole produce. It contains all the vital parts in balance. Color, taste, and smell keep you well. And that's what you get with Balance of Nature. Start now by going to balanceofnature.com and don't forget to use discount code KMC. Hello, I'm Mike Bendell, inventor of MyPillow. Thanks to your support, you've helped make MyPillow become one of the fastest growing companies in America. Over the last 12 years, you've helped MyPillow create thousands of jobs right here in the USA. When I got MyPillow, I'm asleep almost immediately. I stay asleep at night and I wake up more well-rested in the morning. That's why I invented MyPillow. My patented fill adjusts to your exact individual needs and helps keep your neck supported and aligned. I'm interrupting this commercial to bring you my BOGO extravaganza. For example, you get one of my Giza Dream bed sheets and you get a second set absolutely free. Or my six-piece towel sets. Buy one set, get another one absolutely free. Or get my classic premium my pillow and get another one absolutely free. So call the number on your screen or go to MyPillow.com and use your promo code to get my buy one, get one free offers. And get deep discounts on all my pillow products. That's MyPillow.com promo code. KMC. I've been in show business my entire life. I know when someone's an actor or an actress. And I'd hear Balance of Nature being advertised, and I just thought, these are real people out there. And they seem to just be really telling the truth about this product that they love. So I started using Balance of Nature, and immediately I started seeing results. And I went, oh my gosh, this works. I literally called up the founder, and I said, I've never done this before in my life. I want to tell people about Balance of Nature. I want it to do for them what it's done for me. Join Kathy Lee Gifford and thousands of people worldwide on a journey to better health. Call 1-800-246-8751 or go to balanceofnature.com to get 35% off your first preferred order. That's 1-800-246-8751. Go to balanceofnature.com or call 1-800-246-8751 and get this special offer by using discount code KLG. From the studio that brought you The Chosen. Abraham, the Lord came to me last night. A story that transcends thousands of years. Take now your son and go to the land of Moriah and there offer him. Lord. His only son. 
Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. Spend this Easter with his only son. Go to hisonlysonmovie.com to get your tickets. Only in theaters now. You're listening to Kevin McCullough Radio, breaking news as it happens, what it means, and why it matters. Uh, we've got uh, a lot to get to today. I hope that you'll be here for the uh, full context of uh, today's show. Uh, Steve Cortez will join us to talk about uh, inflation and what type of impact that's going to have on us. We've got a couple of other things I want to make sure you're aware of on the National Day of Prayer. Stay here. Something interesting is happening with this. Kevin McCullough, I'm going to start with you. I found this thing at townhall.com by Kevin McCullough. The big dog is coming out of nowhere. Kevin McCullough. I just want to help people think. Nationally syndicated radio host and author of No He Can. He is playing the role as well as anybody could. Kevin McCullough is a nationally syndicated radio host and author of No He Can. The odds are he's right. It's Kevin McCullough Radio. All right, uh, glad to have you with us. It is the National Day of Prayer, and this morning... Uh, Our president released a statement, as most presidents have done in recent years, acknowledging this day. Uh, In fact, uh, I saw a couple of teachers on uh, social media even printed it out and posted it in their classrooms, which uh, I I applaud wholeheartedly. Uh, Thank you, President Biden, for acknowledging this National Day of Prayer. Uh, And when we think about why the nation should spend time praying. There's a story playing out right here in New York that obviously, I just think it demonstrates the need most profoundly. Um, I would say that one of the most important reasons our nation needs prayer is because we are so morally confused. Uh, we, we, We believe ourselves to be right about things that are morally egregiously wrong. And we call some things that are absolutely wrong, right. And when you live in a world of moral confusion, I think it stems largely from a lack of acknowledgement that there is a final moral authority. In, in my case, in my belief system, I would believe that that is the God of the Bible and that what he says matters and that what I want to think about it or have to say about it is far less important than what he says. But here in New York, we're in the middle of a little tiff. Uh, And this is kind of interesting because um, you're seeing one very far-left Democrat, uh, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, and Mayor Eric Adams uh, kind of at the opposite ends of this this philosophical debate. But uh, AOC butted heads with uh, the mayor today over the death of this homeless man, maybe you've seen the footage of it, Jordan Neely, in the NYC subway. Uh, She voiced outrage on Wednesday night uh, over the death of this man, a man who lost his life, what she said, or or lost his life while being restrained by other passengers during what's been deemed a mental breakdown on the New York City subway where he was yelling 
at and threatening passengers. Now, I don't know about you, but if you're on the subway and someone gets up and starts throwing things, yelling, obscene, violent things, and seems to threaten that he's going to do something to hurt people, I think that if if you were if you were on that train, maybe you're a mom traveling with your your daughter and you're trying to get from one place to another, maybe you you're a little bit grateful that a 24 a 24-year-old marine veteran stepped up and took control. Uh but he wasn't by himself. Two other passengers also helped rest- restrain Neely. And that tells you a little bit about uh how violent he was. If it took if it took 3 people to be able to safely pin him down, then you know that he was extraordinarily violent. And and the fact that the 24-year-old Marine wasn't able to, to contain him alone points to that on some level. Now, what happened was when, when, they, got, when they got him down, so the two other passengers were, were pinning down his arms um, and, and shoulders, and um, the the Marine, the young man, um, put him in a chokehold, and he lost consciousness. He he went into the the blackout. Um, EMT showed up not long after that, took him to the hospital, but he was declared dead not long after arriving. The New York Medical Examiner's Office ruled the death a homicide by pressure to the neck, and the Marine was then arrested. Uh, and taken into custody, but he was later released without charges. Um, The DA's office has promised to review the medical examiner's report, look at the video and the photo footage, identify and interview witnesses, and obtain some medical records. Um, But that didn't stop AOC. She just jumped to to the fore and said, Jordan Neely was murdered, but... Jordan was homeless and crying for food in a time when the city is raising rents and stripping services to militarize itself. While many in power demonize the poor, the murderer gets protected with passive headlines and no charges. It's disgusting. The mayor put out a different statement around the same time. He said any loss of life is tragic. There's a lot we don't know about what happened here. So I'm going to refrain from commenting further. He continued... However, we do know there were serious mental health issues in play, which our administration has made record investment in providing care to those who ended it, who ended it and getting people off the streets and subways and out of dangerous situations. AOC sharing the mayor's statement on her social media called the tempered response a new low for refusing to call his death a murder. She said, this honestly feels like a new low, not being able to clearly condemn a public murder because the victim was of a social status that would that would deem too low to care about, Ocasio-Cortez wrote. The last sentence is especially rich from an administration trying to cut the very services that could have helped him. Mayor Adams went on CNN primetime to discuss the situation and was asked for a response to the congresswoman's statement. And he said, I don't think that's very responsible at a time when we're still investigating the situation. Let's let the DA conduct the investigation with law enforcement officials to really interfere with that is not the right thing to do. And I'm going to be responsible and allow them to do their job and allow them to determine exactly what happened here. Of course, last night, protesters held a, a vigil 
for Neely, uh, with dozens of people protesting the Broadway Lafayette subway station, demonstrators shouting Black Lives Matter and F. Eric Adams. This is a solemn and serious matter that ended in the tragic loss of Jordan Neely's life, said the DA's office. This investigation is being handled by senior, experienced prosecutors, and we will provide an update when there is additional public information to share. In every aspect of this story, there is human pain. There is pain for the loss of of life. There is pain for the subway riders who were deathly afraid of a man being violent and out of control and within arm's reach of them. I am nearly positive that it brings the Marine, the retired Marine, and the other two people that held Mr. Neely down, I'm, I'm entirely positive it doesn't bring them any joy for what has happened in this situation. And if there was not another news story anywhere in all of the media today, you could look at this and see that mankind is not able to solve all of mankind's problems. AOC and Eric Adams belong to the same political party, as do probably the majority of the subway riders and the people that were involved. But politics didn't solve this problem. And much to AOC's chagrin, neither would have more resources being devoted to this or to that This was a situation that was tragic, and a man lost his life. And that happened because someone was trying to protect innocent life from the man who was being dangerous. You want to see evidence that America needs prayer on the National Day of Prayer? That's it, right there. I'm Kevin McCall. On April 28th, experience the movie based on the miraculous story of George Foreman. George Foreman ain't no new champ. He is the new chump. Foreman is dead. I'm not going to box anymore. I'm going to follow God. It's the greatest comeback story of all time. There's only two things I know how to do. Box and preach. And preach and won't pay the bills. Foreman's 45 years old. The risk isn't losing. It's surviving. How can you beat that man? I'm going to do this my way. Big George Foreman. Exclusively in movie theaters. April 28th. Rated PG-13. Maybe inappropriate for children under 13. I was a child when I was abducted by the Arabs. My parents used to own livestock. And my mother would do all the cooking for us. I don't remember the year that I was captured. There had never been any problems in our village. Then one day, all of a sudden, we heard that there were Arabs attacking Dinka villages throughout the south. We were so worried we could not even sleep at night. It was a big concern to my mother and my father. We were told that these Arabs were heavily armed and would kill all the animals and people when they would attack. We were very scared. Then one morning, they attacked our village. We scattered in different directions and I ran, but I was captured. My entire village was burned down, and I've never seen a member of my family since. Then I was taken north, into slavery. My eyes saw horrific things on that trip to the north. Women were raped, right in front of us. Men were beaten and four men were killed because they tried to fight back. They were shot dead before our eyes. 
Once at the slave master's house, I was pretty much starved and worked brutal hours every single day doing difficult and very, very hard work. There was no relief. And then, they raped me. My slave master did not think of me as a human. He would not even let me go to the hospital when I fell sick. And one day, I heard that there was a slave retriever from CSI close by. How I wanted to be free. That retriever secured my freedom. And thank God, I was able to return to South Sudan. Thank you to each of you who helped the slaves be free. But please don't stop until we get them all. And may I just add that we are so thankful that you have been part of the team that has helped us liberate more than 45 slaves this year already. Of the 192 that are on the list, 45 of them uh, have been liberated, and we have more that we are about to embark upon to do. You may know the violence in, in Sudan is very dangerous right now, and yet our slave liberators are more committed than ever to getting them out. Uh, to get them to safety and to get them to uh, be reunited with their family. If you'd like to help us, here's the number, 888-342-1010, or go to bringherhome.org for all the details. Bringherhome.org, bringherhome.org. Help us put an end to slavery in this lifetime, 888-342-1010. Breaking news as it happens. You're listening to Kevin McCullough Radio. All right, glad to have you with us. Uh, you know, we have been covering the uh, the use of the interest rates by the Fed uh, for what they have explained. At least the best that they can come up with is to say this is this is how they have to keep the uh, economy regulated so that inflation doesn't get out of control. And they've come up with a whole bunch of other uh, excuses over time. Uh, but not everyone's buying it. And uh, Steve Cortez, uh, a former colleague here at Salem uh, and is still a, a patriot working hard to get uh, registered uh, voters ready to go for 2024, uh, and you've, you've seen him on uh, places like CNBC and CNN and Fox News. Uh, Steve released a graph yesterday that uh, indicated some pretty interesting things about this uh, whole practice of uh, interest rates and what they're doing with them. Steve, welcome back to Kevin McCullough Radio. It's good to have you. Hey, Kevin. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me. You got it. So you, you say that when they, when they do this, when they uh, raise the interest rates, that what they are setting up Main Street for is eventual failure. Explain how you connect those dots. Yeah. Listen, that's the unfortunate reality right now is we are already enduring a credit crunch. And what I mean by that is, you know, a lack of availability of loans for regular people. Um, anybody who's applied for a mortgage lately, you know, knows this. Uh, the terms are incredibly onerous. The interest rates are high. Um, and the amount of introspection into your life is significant. And by the way, that's that's okay. That's a good thing generally. But the point is, it's incredibly hard to get a loan on, on, a, on a personal level, certainly on a, on a business level, because interest rates have risen so dramatically because of Biden's inflation that the uh, the availability of loans and, and this regional banks continue to do worse and worse. And that is a continuing crisis, a created crisis because of what Biden has done 
to interest rates because of what he's done to inflation in this country, the availability of loans and credit to small business, to Main Street enterprises in the United States is becoming ever more difficult. And that kind of credit crunch, and that's a term that I think, unfortunately, a lot of Americans are going to get used to. They probably haven't heard before or haven't considered very much, uh, Kevin, that they're going to get used to. Um, that credit crunch is real. It is accelerating, unfortunately. It's intensifying. Um, and given what's going on in the economy right now, it's going to get worse. You know, the Federal Reserve Bank raised rates this week, and it raised rates into a, a demonstrably decelerating economy. Now, that is very, very unusual historically. Normally, if the Fed is raising rates, it's raising rates to, you know, sort of, and then the term that's used proverbially is sort of pull the punch bowl away, right? Okay, the party's getting too hot. The party's, you know, going on too long, too loud. We need to pull back the punch bowl, right? Like, let's, let's uh, let the party die down. We have the opposite right now. The party's done. The party's over. Uh, it's far from a party economically. Uh, the economy is decelerating significantly, but at the same time, inflation is accelerating. And so because of that, the Fed is raising rates into an economy that is intensely slowing down. Very, very unusual situation, something we haven't experienced in this country since the 1970s. And uh, a really a terrible predicament, and then one that is produced by policy, not just you know bad luck, right. not the business cycle. You know, it's policy. Objective economists look at this and say, um, guys, this is the wrong time to be raising rates, uh, given the slowdown that we're talking about in in the private sector. But unfortunately, when we look at grocery store prices, for example, grocery prices are up ten percent year over year, much more than that for you know certain items, but broadly. 10% year over year. So it, again, we're in this really unusual situation where the economy is doing worse and worse, but inflation is accelerating. And so given that, to be quite honest, and I'm no fan of Fed at all. As a matter of fact, I think we should go away with the Fed. It's a whole, a whole other topic for another time. But uh, I'm no fan of the Fed. I'm no fan of Jay Powell, uh, the chairman of the Fed. In this case, I do think they actually do need to raise rates to try to, to restrain inflation in this country. But the point is, uh, right now, there is no good option. Right? Like, in other words, the economy is backed into a corner. The economy, an economy of incredibly slow growth or no growth, a recessionary economy for most of America, particularly when it comes to manufacturing. That's not my opinion. To go my no, but I understand that, Steve. That. So again, I ask my question: Why are they taking that approach? You don't have an economy that's overheating. You have one that's slowing down massively, obviously the uh, lack of availability for credit is going to kill entrepreneurs and people that are trying to get businesses off the ground. Why right. would they say now is the time to raise the rates? I don't understand. Yeah. It doesn't seem to make sense. Yeah. No, no, and it doesn't. And you're right. It doesn't make sense, right? It's sort of a, you know, a, uh, in the, you know, it's a yin and a yang of, you know, the American economy right now in terms of policy, two forces, the monetary policy of the Fed, the fiscal policy of the tax and spend exorbitant um, liberal uh, White House and Congress, you know, it, it's, it's eating its own tail. And that, that is the reality right now. But why, to answer your question, you know, why raise rates now? Well, because inflation, again, is still, despite the slowing economy, inflation is still out of control, particularly when it comes to the staples items of life, the have-to items, right, of electricity, food. I mean, the things that people need, not, not discretionary items, not the luxuries, but you know, the have-to-stables items of life, those are still accelerating in price. And given that reality, 
I think it is actually appropriate for the Fed, Fed to raise rates. But again, it's, this is a terrible situation. There, there are no good options right now. Um, and to me, the best option, though, like, okay, what's the way out? The way out is for the House GOP to continue to hold the line on spending. If we yeah. hold the line on the exorbitant borrowing and spending, if we, if we hold the line on the debt ceiling, that is the way that we start to change. So let me ask you. Let me ask you about that, because McCarthy obviously got the debt ceiling bill done more to his liking than than not to his liking. Um, And they made significant uh, expenditure reductions in that process. What what do you think happens from that point forward? Yeah. No, and listen, I I was a big uh, uh, critic of Speaker McCarthy for a long time before he became Speaker. And I came around. He won me over, and I took a lot of uh, heat from this from some of my friends on the right that I backed him in the race for speaker. Uh, and admittedly, late, you know, late in the game, I came around to his side. But the main reason was I believed that he meant it and that he had a plan to do this to 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 bring this moment politically, financially, in the country where we need to be, where we can have a serious decision point about, you know, whether or not we're going to spend ourselves into oblivion and you know, endless inflation or not. And I think so far I've been vindicated on this. I think he's done exactly the right thing. I wish he would have cut spending even further, but I think it's what he could get done to get to 218 votes. He did it. The House took action. They passed an actual law. They passed an actual resolution. You know, that matters. And the, to me, the, you know, the ball's now in the, in the court of, of, of the White House. I mean, it's up to Biden. What is he going to do from here? And if he chooses, and it's on him, if he chooses to default, if he chooses to not pay our bills on time, which he can, you know, there's plenty of money coming in. But if he chooses to not pay our bills, that is the onus is on him now. It is on Biden and it's on the Democrats. And I think that was very skillful and very correct politically and financially um, in regards to Speaker McCarthy. So I'm, I'm really proud of what he did. More to come, I hope. Uh, but it's a good first step to get into the back on a place to fiscal sanity. Kevin, what's going on in this country right now is directly related to the exorbitant borrowing and spending of the federal government. Oh, no doubt. No question. And and my, my biggest concern is that we, um, we use the limited powers we have holding one house uh, and the power of the purse to curb it as much as we can, that helps us make the case for changing out uh, the other side of that building and the White House in 24. Steve Cortez, thank you for your input today. We appreciate it. You bet. Thanks for having me. Kevin McCullough, coming right back. Don't go away. Form is the heavyweight champion of the world. On April 28th, experience the movie based on the miraculous story of George Foreman. George Foreman ain't no new champ. He is the new chump. Foreman is I'm not going to box anymore. I'm going to follow God. It's the greatest comeback story of all time. There's only two things I know how to do. Box and preach. And preach and won't pay the bills. Foreman, 45 years old. The risk isn't losing. It's surviving. How can you beat that man? I'm going to do this my way. Big George Foreman. Exclusively in movie theaters. April 28th. Rated PG-13. Maybe inappropriate for children under 13. No. Did you know color is vital to your health? I'm not talking about the color of the walls in your house or your car or your clothes. I'm talking about the color of the food you eat. A color 
colorful diet is a part of staying well because many nutrients are color. The antioxidant lycopene is the red pigment in tomatoes and pink grapefruit. Chlorophyll is excellent for balancing pH and cleansing the body. It's the green in kale, spinach, and broccoli. Resveratrol decreases inflammation, and it's the purple in grapes and berries. Eating a wide variety of fruits and vegetables provides your body with diverse chemistry it needs to heal itself and stay well. Eat the peelings of things like apples and carrots and cucumbers. Balance of Nature is whole produce. It contains all the vital parts in balance. Color, taste, and smell keep you well, and that's what you get with Balance of Nature. Start now by going to balanceofnature.com and don't forget to use discount code KMC. Hello, I'm Mike Bendell, inventor of MyPillow. Thanks to your support, you've helped make MyPillow become one of the fastest growing companies in America. Over the last 12 years, you've helped MyPillow create thousands of jobs right here in the USA. When I got MyPillow, I'm asleep almost immediately. I stay asleep at night and I wake up more well-rested in the morning. That's why I invented MyPillow. My patented fill adjusts to your exact individual needs and helps keep your neck supported and aligned. I'm interrupting this commercial to bring you my BOGO extravaganza. For example, you get one of my Giza Dream bed sheets and you get a second set absolutely free. Or my six-piece towel sets. Buy one set, get another one absolutely free. Or get my classic premium my pillow and get another one absolutely free. So call the number on your screen or go to MyPillow.com and use your promo code to get my buy one, get one free offers. And get deep discounts on all my pillow products. That's MyPillow.com promo code. KMC. I've been in show business my entire life. I know when someone's an actor or an actress. And I'd hear Balance of Nature being advertised, and I just thought, these are real people out there. And they seem to just be really telling the truth about this product that they love. So I started using Balance of Nature, and immediately I started seeing results. And I went, oh my gosh, this works. I literally called up the founder, and I said, I've never done this before in my life. I want to tell people about Balance of Nature. I want it to do for them what it's done for me. Join Kathy Lee Gifford and thousands of people worldwide on a journey to better health. Call 1-800-246-8751 or go to balanceofnature.com to get 35% off your first preferred order. That's 1-800-246-8751. Go to balanceofnature.com or call 1-800-246-8751 and get this special offer by using discount code KLG. confusion, amplifying truth, and pursuing clarity. It's Kevin McCullough Radio. All right, Kevin McCullough, we roll on uh, from the uh, federal uh, government to the state. Um, what What is going on with um, the state legislature? Uh, Kathy Hochul has seen to it that uh, New York State has become the first state to ban gas stoves. Uh, so we're not going to have a uh, gas stove possibility uh, in new construction going forward. Um, and I don't know or see or recognize or understand how that helps the people of New York uh, in any way. Um, but she's also trying to do some other things that I think are a little bit um, nefarious. Uh, the Gotham Gazette reporting that uh, she and the legislature are looking to allocate $337 million 
to fight gun violence, but where are they going to use that money, and how will it be uh, how will it be allocated? What will it be doing? That's the concern of Assembly uh, Assemblyman Michael Tanunis, uh, who represents Southern Brooklyn and the Eastern Shore of Staten Island. Uh, Assemblyman, welcome. Uh, thank you for being uh, back with us. Uh, you, you sit in the seat that uh, Nicole Maliotakis used to sit in. Is that correct? That is correct. I took over. I ran uh, for Nicole's seat once Nicole. Uh, ran for Congress. That's yeah, right. and you've done a you've done a good job for the people that you represent since then. Talk to me about um, what you think of this legislation uh, or or the proposal, and and what are you hearing about how they're going to implement it? Well, you know, first I want to say that you know you want to combat gun violence and you want to combat violence on the streets. The best way to do it would be to make significant changes to the bail reform law and to the raise the age laws. Uh, we had a situation in this budget where the uh, governor and the legislature agreed to very minimal changes where previously on certain offenses that a judge is allowed to set bail, they were instructed uh, to make the least restrictive means possible for a defendant to come back to court. Uh, Currently now, with this budget that was passed yesterday, now it's a reasonableness standard, so to speak. Uh, What I believe they should have done is increase the amount of crimes that a judge is allowed to set bail for And in addition to that, they should have added in a dangerousness standard. Uh, You know, the the state of New Jersey in 2017, which is two years before we passed bail reform, when they passed bail reform, they put a dangerousness standard. A judge should be able to set to hold someone if they believe they are a danger to the community. Of course, they would have to put the facts on the record and it would have to be uh, actual uh, factual. Uh, But I believe that's the best way to combat gun violence for our city. So what are they actually suggesting? If they're not doing those two things, what are they actually proposing? Well, from from what I see from the budget, uh, they are just going to throw money into different programs uh, that they hope is going to uh, be able uh, to turn the, the violence around. Uh, which, which, which I believe me, I, I think it's, I think it's great. I think we should definitely be investing in our communities to reduce the violence. But you have to be effective. Uh, the best way. Well, that's my that. point. Like you can, okay, you get a splashy headline for a day in the news cycle because you said three hundred thirty-seven million. But if you if you blow that three hundred thirty-seven million and there is no tangible result on the other end of it, all you've done is blow through three hundred thirty-seven million taxpayer dollars that the people of New York needed instead. I would really like the governor to tell us, you want 337 million tax dollars? That's a lot of money. What's the deal with with this? And has she given us any detail about the types of things she wants to see happen? I haven't seen any type of specific details as to where you know, either the entire amount of money or even a portion of the money is going to go to. But I'll tell you this, Kevin, $1 billion went towards Thrive NYC. What did that get us? Absolutely nothing, right? Throwing money at a problem is not going to help unless you have an actual plan going forward. And those changes to the bail reform laws, that could have happened for free. It was was not necessary to add money to the budget in order to make those changes so judges could actually have discretion. Uh, You know, judges are in the best possible situation to make decisions uh, about a defendant's freedom or, or whether bail should be set because the judges are the ones that get to see the defendant. What happens a year from now when she says, I need a half, bil- I need a half million more or a half billion more? It's got to be something that we've got to call her to account. We've got to call the legislature to account. And we've got to say, you can't just spend money and not change things. 
I'm not even sure if you if you spend money, it's going to change things. But you certainly can't spend it and not do anything. Absolutely, Kevin. I mean, this budget was $230 billion. I believe it was the biggest budget ever in the history of New York State. And it is money being spent. I mean, I mean, listen, there were some good things in the budget, of course. When you spend that amount of money, uh, some of it at least is going to be good uh, and, and, and help the state of New York. But you cannot just throw money towards the problem. And you need to bring the stakeholders to the table, keep in mind, because yep. when they passed yep. these original bail reform laws, they didn't speak to the police. They didn't speak to prosecutors. They spoke to defender services. They spoke to defender And they didn't services. speak to judges. The very people they, they took the decision-making away from, they didn't even include in the conversation. It's a scandal. Is it is. Exactly it has right. caused more violent crime in New York than was necessary, and we've all suffered because of it. Um, but, Michael Tanunas, I'm grateful that you're there fighting the good fight. Thanks for being with us. Thank you so much for having me, Kevin. It's a pleasure. You got it. Kevin McCullough, we've still got uh, some more stuff straight ahead on today's show. Don't go away. champion of the world. On April 28th, experience the movie based on the miraculous story of George Foreman. George Foreman ain't no new champ. He is the new chump. Foreman is down! I'm not going to box anymore. I'm all Father God. It's the greatest comeback story of all time. There's only two things I know how to do. Box and preach. And preach you won't pay the bills. Foreman's 45 years old. The risk isn't losing. It's surviving. How can you beat that man? I'm going to do this my way. Big George Foreman. Exclusively in movie theaters. April 28th. Rated PG-13. Maybe inappropriate for children under 13. For those of you that know, we have been doing all that we can to help liberate human trafficking and human slaves uh, with Christian Solidarity International this year. It's our annual cause, and we have 192 names of women that need our assistance this year. Uh, Women that have experienced some excruciating things. And I want to say thank you to those of you that have already called, 888-342-1010. We have helped liberate uh, more than a dozen now this year. But I want to tell you the story of Ayak. Ayak uh, was born in northern Sudan. She was born into slavery. Her mother and father had been taken from South Sudan when they were just young kids. Uh, And she grew up as a slave's uh, child. She saw her mother regularly be beaten by her Arab slave master. Then there was the day that her father was told to go to the farm to work. But because of how sick he was, he physically couldn't walk. His master got so angry at him, he said, you dirty, dirty, dirty dog, if you don't go to the farm, you will die. He couldn't walk, so the Arab master shot my father dead right in front of me, says Ayak when she tells her story later. Uh, As she was growing up and getting a little bit older, that master sold her out to another master who raped her repeatedly, who forced her to uh, commit uh, genital mutilation on herself, and who told her that uh, she would not get to keep the children that she had from that slave master. Uh, She would do hard work every day, carry water, long distances, uh, clean clothing, clean things in the house, uh, take abuse from the Arab master's wife. She said, I have seen so many slaves in the area who face the same thing as me. She said, but then one day a retriever found me. I was walking to the well to fetch water. He asked me to leave and go with him. His name was Osman Bashir, and he had many men with him. They took me to his camp and brought me back to South Sudan. Friends, that's the story of an actual liberation of an actual slave 
And that's the people that we help when you call 888-342-1010. There are 175 women that we know we can yet save this year. We just need your help. 888-342-1010. 888-342-1010. Help us liberate every slave right now. For $250, you not only affect their liberation, but you set them up with everything they need for a new life uh, in their home in South Sudan, uh, including grain, seed, utensils, uh, other things that they need to create uh, a life for themselves. And you do it when you call 888-342-1010. Or go to bringherhome.org. If it's happening in New York or across the globe, learn why it matters first on Kevin McCullough Radio. All right, as we continue to roll through on the National Day of Prayer episode of Kevin McCullough Radio, we're glad to have you with us. Um, one of the things that we have talked a lot about, particularly coming out of COVID, one of the dangers that uh, the COVID environment uh, visited upon us is this idea when the checks started flowing out of Washington uh, that people would give up work in exchange for getting money in other ways, uh, and they would they would do it for as long as they could and kind of see how long it would last. And certainly that is exactly what happened. In fact, we have uh, a great lack of accountability in Washington, D.C., on where a lot of the money went that was sent to people. Some states, by the way, didn't spend all of their covid relief funds. And they have they have I, I think it's into the trillions of dollars of, of money that has not been spent or allocated that that Washington sent it out to have people use. So it's a very interesting concept in uh, the post-COVID era to start talking about social benefits from the government and what should be required of people that receive them, which is exactly what my next guest has done over at Heritage.org with a very interesting piece that she posted on April the 26th called Why Work Requirements Are Less About Welfare Savings Than About Human Well-Being. Leslie Ford is her name, and she joins us now. Leslie, thank you for being here. Hey, thanks so much for having me on. When I was reading your piece, I was reminded of the days of Jack Kemp. Now, this goes way back in the political uh, psyche for people. But when he ran for president the very first time, one of the, one of the terms that he talked about were empowerment zones. And we saw, uh, not long after him, we saw in the uh, Reagan era, we saw the establishment of something called workfare. We saw under Bill Clinton uh, an idea of welfare reform where people were going to be incentivized more by work than to just receive a check uh, for from the welfare department. Um, but you've taken all of this a step further in describing how it's a good thing for humans to have work associated with these benefits that they would get. First of all, can you can you give us an idea of how bad the problem is right now and, and what is what is the objective of what we're looking at in terms of where we need to get to? Sure, of course. So the situation is quite bad right now. I mean, you've laid it out. Really, the social safety net is really paying people more than work will. So a lot of people are choosing to stay home. We have about 7 million men who aren't working and they're not looking for work. And our social safety net programs have really ballooned, especially since the pandemic. We have about 5 more million more people on food stamp programs. And we have about 20 million more people who are on uh, health benefits like Medicaid. 
And this is creating a situation where people are staying on the sidelines. And of course, we can look at this from a purely debt perspective. You know, we're nearly $32 trillion in debt. We're spending a lot of money on helping these people stay on the sidelines. But really, when it comes to a human dignity question, in my mind, that's the more interesting question. And you brought up the 1996 welfare reform that President Biden signed when he was a senator and President Bill Clinton at the time signed. It was really a bipartisan reform because people recognized that, hey, maybe we shouldn't have people sitting on the sidelines. Maybe there's a better way to bring them back into the workforce. And what was so interesting to me is that we saw incredible positive benefits when we started applying what we call then work requirements, which is really just asking someone to look for work or participate in training or education for 20 hours a week. And what happened then is we saw poverty drop by about two-thirds. Incredible. Clinton, and I give him credit for this, as a common-sense kind of American, to move off of his uh, party's hard position to do what was right for the country overall. I don't see that kind of courage on the political left anymore. Yeah, I mean, it's so interesting because President Clinton, when he ran in 92, he ran on ending welfare as we know it. That was his faith. And he did veto what the Republicans sent to him a couple times. And then eventually he and the Democrats came to where the Republicans were and passed meaningful reform. Um, and you're right. The situation we're in now it's 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 kind of different. So the, the Republicans in the House under Speaker McCarthy, they passed a debt ceiling deal just last week that would apply the same kind of work requirements just to childless adults. We're, the welfare bill in 96 went even further. It included parents of school aged kids. So what uh, McCarthy is asking for and what the Republicans in the Senate are asking for is just applying work requirements to childless adults, people who aren't disabled, they're not elderly, they don't, they're not taking care of anyone in, in the houses. And it's surprising that the Democrats in the Senate and even President Biden, they're not even coming to the negotiation table at this point. And the debt ceiling is, you know, this is coming closer and closer. We're in May now and They have to make a decision. They have to come to an agreement by June 1st. So it's real time. We're going to see how it plays out. Um, You you have several good points uh, in your piece. And again, it's at uh, heritage.org, and it's titled Why Work Requirements Are Less About Welfare Savings Than About Human Well-Being. By the way, she doesn't say that there aren't uh, welfare savings involved in all of this. There there are. But when you talk about reducing poverty by two-thirds, that helps the government in welfare savings because it's you've got two-thirds more people that are financially independent of needing the government to take care of them. They, they're, they've, they've moved away from you know the parent, and now they're, they're supporting themselves again, which is really what you ultimately want your entire population to be able to do. Yeah, so, I mean, just the government savings of not paying these benefits anymore, that's, you know, $120 billion over 10 years. But also, like you said, these people are going to be engaged back in the workforce. So we're going to see them start paying into Social Security and Medicare as well. So we're going to see more funds coming in that way. But as you pointed out, it's really about their long-term well-being. So obviously, they go back to work and they're earning a wage, and that has dramatic effects for them and their family. We see life expectancy go up when people return to work. We see depressive and mental health systems uh, symptoms go down. The most incredible thing to me is that we see children's educational outcomes increase dramatically. That's what we saw after the 96 reform. So not only are we getting people back into the workforce and we're saving government money, we're actually improving people's lives and stopping intergenerational poverty from occurring in the first place. 
So on every measure that you could look at, work requirements, they work and they matter. There's one statistic that you include that show that uh, when families have only even one parent working, the positive uh, impact uh, goes uh, beyond the economic um, outcomes alone and, and increases uh, a lot of other satisfactions as well. Overall family happiness goes up, etc. Friends, this is a very, very important principle, and it's something that I hope uh, does not get scrapped from the McCarthy um, debt ceiling bill that uh, they've, they've sent. The, the House did their job. They voted on it. It's in the Senate and the President's hands now to see where it goes. Um, always appreciate it. Leslie, thank you for being with us, and thanks for the good work. Thanks so much for having me on. Great to chat with you. You got it. Again, if you want to see Leslie's piece, it's over at heritage.org. They're celebrating 50 years of making a difference over at Heritage. Heritage Heritage.org, heritage.org. Kevin McCullough, my final thought, straight ahead. Champion of the world. On April 28th, experience the movie based on the miraculous story of George Foreman. George Foreman ain't no new champ. He is the new chump. Foreman is down. I'm not going to box anymore. I'm all following God. It's the greatest comeback story of all time. There's only two things I know how to do. Box and preach. And preach you won't pay the bills. Foreman's 45 years old. The risk isn't losing. It's surviving. How can you beat that man? I'm going to do this my way. Big George Foreman. Exclusively in movie theaters. April 28th. Rated PG-13. May be inappropriate for children under 13. I've been in show business my entire life. I know when someone's an actor or an actress. And I'd hear Balance of Nature being advertised, and I just thought, these are real people out there. And they seem to just be really telling the truth about this product that they love. So I started using Balance of Nature, and immediately I started seeing results. And I went, oh my gosh, this works. I literally called up the founder, and I said, I've never done this before in my life. I want to tell people about Balance of Nature. I want it to do for them what it's done for me. Join Kathy Lee Gifford and thousands of people worldwide on a journey to better health. Call 1-800-246-8751 or go to balanceofnature.com to get 35% off your first preferred order. That's 1-800-246-8751. Go to balanceofnature.com or call 1-800-246-8751 and get this special offer by using discount code KLG. Color is vital to your health. I'm not talking about the color of the walls in your house or your car or your clothes. I'm talking about the color of the food you eat. A colorful diet is a part of staying well because many nutrients are color. The antioxidant lycopene is the red pigment in tomatoes and pink grapefruit. Chlorophyll is excellent for balancing pH and cleansing the body. It's the green in kale, spinach, and broccoli. Resveratrol decreases inflammation, and it's the purple in grapes and berries. Eating a wide variety of fruits and vegetables provides your body with diverse chemistry it needs to heal itself and stay well. Eat the peelings of things like apples and carrots and cucumbers. Balance of Nature is whole produce. It contains all the vital parts in balance. Color, taste, and smell keep you well. And that's what you get with Balance of Nature. Start now by going to balanceofnature.com and don't forget to use discount code KMC. Hello, I'm Mike Vendell, inventor of MyPillow. Thanks to your support, you've helped make MyPillow become one of the fastest growing companies in America. Over the last 12 years, you've helped MyPillow create thousands of jobs right here in the USA. When I got MyPillow, I'm asleep almost immediately. I stay asleep at night and I wake up more well-rested in the morning. That's why I invented MyPillow. 
My patented fill adjusts to your exact individual needs and helps keep your neck supported and aligned. I'm interrupting this commercial to bring you my BOGO extravaganza. For example, you get one of my Giza Dream bed sheets and you get a second set absolutely free. Or my six-piece towel sets. Buy one set, get another one absolutely free. Or get my classic premium my pillow and get another one absolutely free. So call the number on your screen or go to MyPillow.com and use your promo code to get my buy one, get one free offers. And get deep discounts on all my pillow products. That's MyPillow.com promo code. KMC. Everyone is talking about Jesus' revolution. Witness the untold origin story. Our country is a dark and divided place, but now there's hope and it's spreading. Of the last spiritual awakening in American history. This is your home, and I want you to tell all your friends about it. Jesus' revolution, starring Jonathan Rumi and Kelsey Grammer. Rated PG 13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. Jesus' revolution. Only in theaters. Now. What you need to know when you need it. It's Kevin McCullough Radio. All right, uh, Kevin McCullough, glad to have you with us. When people write about this portion of, um, I don't know, American history and What's happening here and kind of, uh, I don't know, where the wheels fell off. Um, there's, there's always going to be kind of things that you can point to and say, uh, yeah, that, that certainly was a surprise coming down the pike. I, I talked a little bit. Uh, I've done this in written editorial and, of course, on the air for some time. Um, but the purpose of our military exists for two very simple reasons. And you may not like the reasons that they exist for, but nevertheless, that is the purpose of every military. Going back to the the very first military, uh, if you go back to the Roman Empire or the Greek Empire, or you know, they they always had uh, armies assembled to do two things: kill the enemy and to break things. That's that's the that's the end result of what a military has to be ready to do. So when you see stories like the one that came out this week, you scratch your head and you say, how does this impact us from that standpoint of being ready to to kill people and and break things? Uh, The New York Post from today, uh, from yesterday. Uh, The U.S. Navy invited an active-duty drag queen to be a digital ambassador as part of a recent drive, quote, to attract the most talented and diverse workforce and combatant plunging recruitment and combat plunging recruitment. So let me pause right there. This is the goal of what they've set out to do, and this is the reason why they're setting it. The, the, the reason is they have fewer and fewer people signing up to serve in the military, and we're an all-volunteer force in the U.S., and the people that do serve, it's been my experience, have great pride in putting on the uniform of the United States and being ready to defend our country when called upon. Uh, having a brother-in-law who's in active duty right now, I know that they take their work seriously. So 
the administration creates this digital ambassador program where they hire people to go out and say, hey, come join the military. It's really, really good. And they picked someone from the Navy to be one of these digital ambassadors who serves as a drag queen. And he's grateful because he's had the chance to express now his drag queen-ness to not only his fellow people serving, servicemen and women, but now to the greater world saying, hey, come be part of the U.S. military and you can be a drag queen like me. There's a lot more to this story. I don't have time to get into it, but just leave this thought with you. How do you think this story is being interpreted in Beijing, Moscow, and Tehran? Right this second. I'm Kevin McCullough.